Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. We appreciate you being here. At a time in which there's so much going on, whether you're dealing with a storm that's coming or the one that just left, following what's happening overseas or more focused on what's happening here at home uh, and the type of oppressed. Somebody, I mean, wherever you're listening right now, you've been affected by COVID-19 and still affected today, whether you have a three-year-old kid uh, that's yours or your grandson or granddaughter uh, going to school with a mask on for no apparent reason, or you're in the middle of some battle uh, to in order to get your job back or to be able to go to work or go to college. Uh, so we have Alan West. I want to ask him about the criticism that uh, the governor of Texas is getting about the way he is implementing the Lone Star, the Lone Star Brigade, which is essentially the National Guard, because the uh, the Border Patrol is not doing anything. So he's going to weigh in on that as uh, he wants to be the next governor of Texas, too. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. The threats of action if Russia's uh, security demands aren't met is provocative. Diplomacy is not provocative. Your actions will speak for themselves. There you go. Uh, U.S.-Russia clash at the U.N. as relentless diplomatic sparring continue. All Russia is doing is escalating. If Russia still invades, why I believe Biden and the Dems will not be trusted with the White House for generations. Number two. On Fox is Janine Pirro talking about soft on crime consequences. I mean, what what does that even mean? Right. Um, so there's an alternate universe on some coverage. What's scary about it is a lot of people watch that. What's scary about it? It's called the truth. Not laughing. The Fraternal Order of Police demands an apology for Saki's chuckling at the so-called soft on crime policies of the Biden administration. We are we are hitting her with facts behind the laughter and see who really will be laughing at the end of 2022. Number one. There is a right to protest. There is a right to make your voices heard loudly and clearly. There is not a right to shut down our democracy, our democratic processes. There is not a right to abuse, intimidate, and harass your fellow citizens. No one's harassing anyone but you, Justin Trudeau, who is hiding out pretending he has COVID-19 despite being boosted, double-vaxxed, 
who knows what's wrong with him. They said they jettisoned him and his family away from the capital of Ottawa because there were a lot of truckers there. There was a lot of outraged people who are tired of the repressive two years that the Canadian people have suffered under this yoga uh, yoga man. Meanwhile, hypocrites from Gavin Newsom to Justin Trudeau to Boris Johnson. Lockdown losers ruining lives and like livelihoods while living theirs any way they want. I declare this over from mass to mandates. What the Canadians are demanding, what the Brits have gotten, what Denmark does, complete freedom. We deserve the same. In case you don't know, let me just give you an example of what's going on in terms of hypocrisy. So you see Gavin Newsom, see Mayor London Breed, uh, Mayor, uh, Mayor Garcia, uh, Garcetti. What do they have in common? All at the big football game, the NFC Conference game, which is nice. All in luxury boxes, which is great. All hanging out with Magic Johnson, which I envy. At the same time, what do they all have in common? None of them wearing masks. And what do the rules say that they implement and that they enforce, that they mobilize units just to harass? Wear masks at all big-time events when you don't have control of the outcome. What's demanded in that very stadium in two weeks at the Super Bowl? N95 masks from everyone. But they're not wearing masks. Now, Gavin Newsom says, well, I just took it off to be because Magic Johnson wanted to take a picture. Wrong. Fan cam video, and I can't do this on radio, shows that he is sitting there without a mask on with a guy right next to him, probably a high-powered agent, some rich billionaire, hanging out in those boxes talking about Gavin Newsom's bright future in the Democratic Party. I mean, how many French Laundry-like scenes do we need? London Breed was caught at a club dancing. We had Mary Lightfoot at a big event in an arena, having a good time singing. But at the same time, we have people telling us, pull that mask up. Third graders being told, or three-year-olds at preschool being forced to put a mask on. When they are showing us by their actions, they know what the science says. It does almost no good to wear it. But it does a lot of bad after two years to keep it on. Here's Governor Newsom pretending as if he could talk his way out of it. Cut one. I was very judicious yesterday, uh, very judicious. And you'll see in the photo that I did take um, where Magic was kind enough, generous enough to ask me for a photograph. And in my left hand's the mask, and I took a photo. Um, rest of the time, I wore it, uh, as we all should. Um, not when I had a glass of water or anything. And I uh, encourage everybody else to do so. And... Uh, that's it. I was trying to be gracious and took the mask off for a brief second. But uh, no, I encourage people to continue to wear them. Oh, my goodness. I mean, think about this. Think about all the times people walk up to you. Excuse me, sir, can you get that mask over your nose? Uh, excuse me, can you get your uh, fourth grader to wear the mask? Uh, when they, they're in the game, they're in the school now. Put it around your put it around your ears. I don't listen. If you're talking, I don't want you to drop that mask. But it's okay for the governor to hang out with rich and successful athletes and people in their luxury boxes while they put this stuff on you. It is over. 70% of the American people say lift all the restrictions. We have to learn to live with this. They did it in the U.K. Why? Because Boris Johnson's in the middle of a scandal that he brought on himself. Get this. A preliminary report shows the U.K. President, uh, Prime Minister had at least 16 parties over the last two years. Think about this. All the bartenders, all the bar owners, all the restaurants, the catering, the weddings that didn't happen, all the things, the livelihoods that stopped, the schools that were remote. Meanwhile, he's partying with his buddies, the rich prime ministers and the VIPs in England. And when he gets in trouble, he drops all the restrictions. Why? Because he's in trouble and he knows we don't need them anyway. It's a source of control. Steve Hilton weighed in on this 
on Fox News at night with Shannon Bream. Cut to. Not only is Gavin Newsom yet again breaking his own rules, he's not actually delivering on any of the real things that people want dealt with. And specifically, in that stadium, there's a mask mandate, an indoor mask mandate. And the thing that's really driven people crazy here today, there's been such a lot of anger expressed over it, because still in California, we have masking compulsory, mask mandates for kids in schools. My kids have to go to school, even outdoors they're forced to wear a mask all day long. And yet here he is going along, breaking the rules, and then furthermore compounding it when he he was called out on it last night. Today, guess what he says? He says, oh, I I only took my mask off. He literally says, for a brief second, to take a picture, because Magic Johnson wanted to take a picture with me, because he's so great. Gavin Newsom is so great. Magic Johnson was desperate for pictures. I took it off for a brief second. There's video and pictures been emerging all day long of Gavin Newsom throughout the game, Mm -hmm. not having a mask on so he lied about it as well so um i couldn't have said it better california state senator melissa melendez criticized newsom and garcetti in a twitter response said toddlers are being forced to wear masks all day long in school maybe one day they'll be governor or mayor of los angeles and they won't have to follow the rules they impose on others they'll have to follow they won't have to follow the rules they impose on others it is sickening it is absolutely outrageous meanwhile in 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 Canada, they are making all the truck drivers get vaccinated. They don't want to. Uh, number one, they're independent thinkers by trade. Number two, they're isolated. They know they're cabs all the time. They have to get out of the cab as they pick up load after load. And guess what? In America, we're about 80,000 truck drivers short. In Canada, the same situation. They're there delivering food and goods to you, your Amazon packages, in order for you to get through the last two years of the pandemic. And now they say, give up the keys unless you're vaccinated. So thousands showed up in Ottawa and they ringed the place. But guess what? More Canadians came out and said, we're tired of all the restrictions. We want it all to stop and I don't even drive a truck. And instead of Justin Trudeau saying, man, I hear you, I'm a leader, I was thinking of your best interest, and man, I made a mistake, instead he doubles and triples down, and now he's demanding on vaccinations if you want to go from province to province, not just leaving the country to America or Britain on the way back. Listen to this clown speaking, which he says, first in undisclosed location because he was worried about his security, labeling these truck drivers a fringe group. Cut 13. There is a right to protest. There is a right to make your voices heard loudly and clearly. There is not a right to shut down our democracy, our democratic processes. There is not a right to abuse, intimidate and harass your fellow citizens. Yeah, no one says they're doing that. In fact, it's not happening. In fact, Tucker showed some Tucker Carlson showed some really revealing footage that people with abhorrent signs of Confederate flags, guys wearing a full mask, ski mask, and they they desecrated a Canadian war memorial. These people didn't show up for their freedom to get rid of a war memorial. I don't I know pretty much the Canadian culture. We all know a lot of Canadians. There's not much difference between the Americans and Canadians. For the most part, they have extreme esteem for those who fight wars. So I'm wondering about that. Number two, here's Justin Trudeau. Finally, cut 16. We won't give in to those who fly racist flags. We won't cave to those who engage in vandalism or dishonor the memory of our veterans. Just sickening that you know there are thousands there telling you you're way out of line. They want to get back to their lives, their livelihoods. They want to get the mask off kids. They think the vaccine, just like you, if you are in fact positive, double vaxxed and boosted and still with the virus, people are fed up. Cut seven, Douglas Murray. 
I mean, everyone does this thing these days of smearing any critic of them as, you know, misogynistic, racist, homophobic, uh, believes men can't give pregnant uh, mm -hmm. birth. Uh, uh, sort of, they, they, they do all of that stuff at all of their critics. But Justin Trudeau is the absolute worst at that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, all these truckers turn out and he describes them as this, what is it, something fringe of something? Yes, fringe. And then the other week he said that they, these are people who hold misogynistic views. He has no idea. He, he didn't even try. He just throws it out there. Might as, might as well say that they're misogynists. Might as well say they're racists. And, uh, and then the, uh, the truckers get into town and he flees and uh, security reasons. Yes. I absolutely love that. Security reasons because uh, obviously, obviously these truckers want to kill Justin Trudeau. Obviously that's yeah, their yeah. aim rather than making a valid point that he could do with listening. When we come back, I'll take your calls, one 408 It's just so outrageous. Please tell me if this is your breaking point. It is time to get back to normal. If you don't want to get back to normal, don't worry about it. Keep your N95 mask on. Uh, talk to your boss about doing remote. Let he or she make the ultimate decision. You want to go to UCLA or USC or the University of Scranton with a mask on, go ahead and do it. But for those who don't, let us have our own say. Two years in, we know more than you, and most of the stuff you told us was flat out wrong. And you get really upset when people bring that up, and you want to ban them and silence them. It's not going to work. It's not going to work here. It's not going to work on podcasts. You can't control the message because people think with their own minds, and uh, we're nowhere smarter than you. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't move. Learning something new every day on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Information you want. Truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about race. It's, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. Are you nuts? Whoopi Goldberg doesn't understand that these people were killed because they were Jewish by Nazis who wanted to wipe them off the face of the earth? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then she tries to apologize on Stephen Colbert, but she'll keep her job. Actually, I think she hates her job. Uh, the angriest person in television, Bob uh, in Oregon. Well, actually, I think the other one is Joyless Behar. Bob, what's on your mind? Brian, I just wanted to let you know, my friend, I've been a friend of yours for a long time through all the shows. Well, thank and you very you are much. completely spot on. I got COVID-1. I got my vaccine after I got COVID-1, so I had immunity. And I got the vaccine because I'm in healthcare. I got the booster, and I got the booster booster. I have had a lot of friends get wear their masks, and the masks 
have not changed it. They're still getting COVID. Now, I will say I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I will say that the, the booster I got did lessen the symptoms of the second COVID I got. So I just want to let you know that you are spot on. And it's time for us to move forward, I personally believe. I mean, However, why wouldn't you? Anybody else Bob, Bob, I think you know, the, you know the thing, the reason I think it'll happen? Not for the right reasons, because his numbers are going down on the pandemic. He used to want to talk about this as a pandemic of the unvaccinated because his approvals were like 58 to 65 percent on the pandemic. He did not want to talk about Afghanistan, the economy or anything. And or build back better or the failure of voting reform, which he says we need. But now uh, he's his numbers are getting to around 40 percent on how he's handled the pandemic. If you read Jared Bra- uh, Gerard Baker's column today in The Wall Street Journal, he talked about his insistence on getting off Operation Warp Speed, where you buy the pharmaceuticals ahead of time, give, having faith in Pfizer and Moderna to come up with it. They didn't do that with therapeutics. Therefore, we have therapeutics, but we don't have any shots we don't have any pills because he didn't pre-order them tony listening in jacksonville wokv hey tony hey brian um uh, thanks for taking my call I, i'm a uh i was just calling in about your truck driver uh, talking about the truck truck driver yep. yes sir um i'm a truck driver here in the florida georgia area and um i just want to let you know that uh you know us drivers, we're, we're we're not very happy with the way the administration is treating us, and there is actually a march, uh, a, a a convoy that's heading to uh, D.C. March first. Um, and uh, you know, people think things are bad now. Just wait until the truck drivers stop driving. You know, it's going to get a lot worse. I would love it. You know, I, would, I would love it, Tony. They're insulated. They don't know what real life's like. They hop on their private planes or their shuttles. They go back and forth. They do what they want with their families. They get paid either way, the free health care. They don't know what real life is. Absolutely. So if, if you bring that real life, if these truck drivers bring real life to them, express their outrage, how are they going to look at tens of thousands of trucks ringing the nation's capital, thousands joining them and say this is a fringe group? Good luck with that. That fringe group is going to send you a big message in 2022, too. You can't just ruin people's lives, can destroy the mental and emotional health of kids, and th- and go ahead and go about your life. Right, uh, Boris Johnson? Right, Gavin Newsom? Right, London Breed? Right, Mayor Garcetti? We understand that you're living a double life that you're forcing us to go through. Chris Barber is a trucker. He's with the Freedom Convoy. And he's over in Canada, and he talked about what this is all about. Cut three. I've walked through this crowd for the last two days. I've spoke with multiple law enforcement agents, asked every one of them if there's been any trouble at all. There has not been any trouble. There's been a few, we're calling them radicals, I guess, dressed up like us, tried to blend in with like us to try and make us look bad. Uh, my guys are all peaceful, and, and we're doing our job here. We're... Uh, we're doing what we need to do to get the job done for the Canadian people. Yeah, go ahead, Justin Trudeau. Call them terrorists. Uh, say they're a marginal fringe group. Uh, you, you're getting what you deserve. Uh, these horrible leaders in times of crisis have melted and have knuckled under. They don't talk to the people. And unfortunately, they'll look at the polls and make the decision. If they're doing that, they know 70% of the people in America want this thing over. They want to live with it. Back off. No more mask mandates. No more vax mandates. We got it from here. No thank you. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is next. What would he do at the border that the current governor isn't? 
Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. And uh, border security, Gov, we're working a lot with uh, neighboring countries. A lot to do. There's a lot. I think one of the fundamental things we got to do, in addition to some of the changes we'll make, we don't get into today, but is that if we figure out why they're leaving in the first place, it's not like people sit around and say in... Uh, in Guadalajara, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have, give it to a coyote, take us across the border, leave us in a desert, and a country doesn't want us, we don't speak the language. Won't that be fun? There's also a way to begin to deal with the reason they're leaving in the first place. Yeah, uh, by the way, that's exactly what happens. They sell their place in Guadalajara for, uh, Guadalajara for $5, and they, have, they said this is the best chance we ever had to get into the best country in the world, the United States of America, even though... A lot of Americans don't feel that way. And they say, this is our shot. Gather the kids. Let's pay off somebody that can get us in, a deplorable person, and let's go get in. I mean, it's unbelievable how clueless this president is who still has not been down to the border himself. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West joins us now. He's a Texas gubernatorial candidate, former congressman from Florida, and used to run the Republican Party in Texas. Uh, Colonel, what do you take of the president's uh, uh, confusion over why people come here? Well, the the confusion is one thing. It's good to be with you, Brian. But when you listen to him, he sounds feeble and he sounded weak. And first and foremost, he has to understand that he's the reason, as you just articulated, why people are coming across the border here in the United States of America at record numbers. I mean, we're talking about 2.63 million in just one year. Uh, the, the population of Dallas is only 1.7 million. So when you are laying out the red carpet for people to come across into the United States of America illegally, yes, they're going to come. And we saw an, uh, an incredible example of that with those single military-aged males that Bill Malugin uh, reported about in Brownsville, where they were taken to an undisclosed location, which was the headquarters for one of these non-governmental organizations. And they were given the logistical means by which they could get in taxis and go to the airport and fly away. And what a great slap in the face to the American people that we have folks that are here illegally, and all they have to do to show uh, ID to get on airplanes is to show their arrest warrant of them coming to the country illegally. That, that's a huge slap in our face. And what about the fact that now we're finding Ukrainians and Russians coming in? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and yeah, Syrians. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is not just something from the uh, quote-unquote golden triangle, uh, Central America or even uh, South America. We're talking about over 100 different countries of people that have been apprehended coming into the state of Texas and across the southern border, period. But the big focus is coming here, I mean, from the L. El Paso sector all the way over to the Rio Grande Valley sector is just porous. It's just wide open. And I was just down there last week uh, from Laredo over to Zapata, uh, Roma, Texas, and Rio Grande City, and McAllen. And it was interesting. You know, young people, 
there McAllen are saying, you know, Colonel, what can we do? Why does this have to be? I mean, every night we're seeing these illegals walk across the streets. Uvalde, Texas, Uvalde County, uh, a woman comes up and says, I'm tired of people knocking on my door saying I need to charge my phone or give me water, give me food. Texans shouldn't be living like this. I hear you. So Operation Lone Star, because the government, if the federal government has let us down so much, Operation Lone Star went into effect from 1,000 out to 10,000. A lot of people are criticizing it, including some of the National Guard members say the mission is boring. It's not clear. A lot of the pay is late. The equipment is inadequate. Uh, it looks like uh, Governor Abbott's getting criticism from the left and the right. Where do you stand? Well, absolutely right. Uh, one of the things is that many uh, National Guard members, to include spouses, got in contact with us because I've been in the military, I've been deployed, I've been in these situations, and they were telling me some of the deplorable conditions that they're under. They haven't to exchange body armor because they don't have enough. They don't have enough ammunition. Uh, they're, you're right. They're not getting paid on time. Uh, some of them not getting paid at all. And this is a state active duty uh, mission. This is not a federal mission, so they don't have any type of veteran benefits. If they are hurt or wounded in this operation, uh, they have to file workman's workman's compensation. They don't get to go uh, through the typical benefits that the uh, military would provide them, federal military. And sadly, we've had, uh, I believe, five suicides since November of last year, two suicide attempts, two suicide ideations, because they don't have a clear and defined mission and task and purpose. They're basically down there as a political optic being used uh, for, you know, a campaign campaign ads and things of this nature, they are not able to arrest, detain, and deport anyone. Basically, they're just collecting folks up or just observing. And the Border Patrol, as you saw in that clip, they're upset. They're frustrated, too, with their leadership because all they're doing is handing folks over to these non-governmental organizations, Lutheran Ministries, Catholic Charities, and then they're off on airplanes. Five to six airplanes took off out of Texas over the Christmas holiday season and landed in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Pennsylvania Airport. And again, you know what happened in Westchester. County, New York. I do. Uh, let's switch gears. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg on a show you don't watch said this about the Holocaust. Cut 39. Let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about race. It's-, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. Really? She goes on to try to explain herself that night after the backlash got very loud and severe. Some are calling for her to be fired, pretending as if just two two people don't like each other, as if the Jewish being Jewish wasn't the reason they were killed. Cut 40. I feel being black when we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. Mm-hmm. So I said that I, I felt that the Holocaust wasn't about race. People were very angry and they said, no, no. We are a race, and I, I, I understand. I understand. I, I felt differently. And I guess that's her version of an apology. Is it be, you're, you're also uh, a black. Do you, do you feel the same way about the Holocaust? No, I don't. I mean, this was one of the great tragedies of, of hu- human history. And people were targeted because of their race. Six million people were targeted. And for her to be that dismissive is very disconcerting. And ABC needs to, you know, ask themselves, is this the type of people that we want to have on air? Is this the type of people we want to have on, you know, representing our network? You know, it's just the same as recently we had the uh, the Colleyville synagogue standoff where after everything was resolved, we had the FBI special agent in charge come 
out and say that this had nothing to do uh, with the synagogue or, or, or Jewish people, then why would a radical Islamic militant go and take hostages in a in a synagogue on their Sabbath day, which was you know a Saturday a couple of weekends ago? So I think that we have to really ask ourselves about these leftists. They always try to make the rules bend for them, and and you know if if someone has said what Whoopi Goldberg said on. Fox News Channel, uh, Fox News Radio, you guys would be hauled up in front of the yard arm. I hear you. What I think I'm struck by more than anything else of late is how many people like Joe Manchin, how many people like uh, Kristen Cinema, Bill Maher, Democrats that you wouldn't agree for or vote well for, but, but just can't even recognize their party. I want you to hear a little a bit of how Bill Maher sounds. He sounds like us, cut 12. We didn't have Omicron when we were here a couple of months ago. That's the new one. And that one's very milder, much milder. We should be celebrating this. Now, this, it's just gone on too long. Nobody cares anymore. The, last night, the Grubhub delivery guy was eating my French fries right in front of me. I mean, it, people want to know, when, I can, when can I get back to not going to the gym? <laughs> I don't want to live in your paranoid world anymore, your masked paranoid world. You know, you go out, it's silly now. You know, you have your mask, you have to have a card, you have to have a booster, they scan your head. <laughs> like you're a cashier and I'm a bunch of bananas. And, and they're I'm laughing. Not bananas, you are. Uh, and they're laughing, but he's not kidding. He says, This is over, it's gone on too long. Barry Weiss, this is over, it's gone on too long. Uh, and we're ready to move on. Seventy percent of the country are ready to move on. Are you surprised that he is getting backlash for that sentiment? No, I'm not surprised because the progressive socialist left, they are the most intolerant people that are out there. And this goes right along with what Ronald Emanuel once said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And so they're going to continue to try to extend this crisis. And, you know, the absurdity for us here in Texas is that, you know, everyone's trying to continue with all these mandates or whatever. But yet we've had 2.5 to almost 3 million people come into the country illegally. They haven't been mandated to get a shot. Uh, you know, those uh, illegal immigrant males that we saw in Brownsville, Texas, no one stopped them, made sure they had a mask or anything on. So this this is absurd. And I think Bill Maher is starting to see it. And I think he's concerned about the damage that this is causing to the Democrat Party. So listen to this. And I just think this is an interesting time. Listen to what else he said. When normal people read that San Francisco has basically legalized shoplifting, they think Democrats have gone nuts. They think, you know, that Ted Cruz, Cruz guy seems like a real stiff. But at least he believes in the concept of shopping with money. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my fault that the party of FDR and JFK is turning into the party of LOL and WTF. <laughs> Members of Congress tweeting things like cancel rent, cancel mortgage, and no more policing or incarceration, declaring that capitalism is slavery, canceling Lincoln and Dr. Seuss, teaching children they're oppressors and math is racist, making Mr. Potato Head gender neutral. I mean, is it? Is it I mean, this is what we say, and it just makes me feel better 
that somebody who is liberal could see the lunacy that we've been dealing with. You know, I think that Bill Maher is more along the lines of a classical liberal, which, you know, John Locke, natural rights, theory, life, liberty, and property. But when you look at how far left the left has gone and the things that they're proposing, it's just nonsensical and it's absurd. And I think that he is a reasonable person and his logic is starting to come through. Look, I just think like the drill sergeants used to say to us when we were going through our cadet training, you know, some of y'all just stuck on stupid. And I think that there is a contention out there of leftists that are stuck on stupid, but yet Bill Maher does not want to be in that crowd. And they're facing a a political Armageddon if they continue down this path, because he's right. At least Ted Cruz believes in shopping with money, while these other people and their district attorneys don't. <laughs> right. I mean, we would talk about. We used to talk about state tax. Now we just talk about yeah. uh, you can steal up to a thousand dollars. So I can't yeah, even get into yeah. this debate. I this is what gets people so angry. Uh, Colonel, um, where do people go if they want to support your run for uh, Texas governor? Sure. They go to West, the number four, Texas.com, West for Texas.com. I'm in Abilene right now. I'm going to speak to some uh, students at Abilene Christian University, and I'll head out to Odessa, Texas, for a debate forum uh, this evening in Odessa. All right. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Colonel Allen West. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care, Brian. All right. So we do have some breaking news that is not that surprising. Correct. So it looks like Tom Brady is retiring. Um, he's posted on Instagram and Twitter a longer statement, but here's the essential paragraph that he's done a lot of reflecting this past week and has asked himself difficult questions. I am so proud of what we have achieved. My teammates, coaches, fellow competitors, and fans deserve 100% of me. But right now, it's best I leave the field of play to the next generation of dedicated and committed athletes. So there he goes at 44. He's not going to play till 45. He's done. Uh, the Buccaneers need a quarterback. I think there's going to be a, a big exodus like Gronkowski and others from that team. Let's hope. Uh, Arians can keep it together because they're a classy organization. So uh, uh, Tom Brady is done. And this is the time to do it, too, because the championship games are over. This is the dead week between the Super Bowl. People will talk about it. I'm sure Jim Gray will probably get the first interview. So it looks like Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington uh, were right. And I guess he is going to retire. When we come back, your thoughts on Tom Brady retiring? Is this bigger than football? And what do you think his legacy will be? I think he goes down, no doubt about it. Uh, if Not the greatest athlete, but the greatest quarterback ever. Don't move. Giving you everything you need to know. You're with Brian Kilmeade. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Do you have a timeline? I don't know. I know when the time's right. So, like I've always said, it's, you know, I'm very blessed to play as long as I had as things have gone on in the later parts of my career, whether that was five years ago or, you know, even this year. You know, there's a lot of interest in when I'm going to stop playing. And I understand that. I don't, it's not that I don't recognize that. It's just when I, when I know, I'll know. And when I don't know, I don't know. And I'm not going to, you know, race to some conclusion about that. Very interesting. So this just came. This just happened. That was his comment from two days ago, and now he knows for sure. Uh, Tom Brady's retiring at the age of 44. Here's a little of his official announcement. He says, I've always believed that the sport of football 
is an all-in proposition. If 100% competitive commitment isn't there, you won't succeed. And success is what I love so much about the game, Brady said in a statement on Instagram. This is a physical, mental, and emotional challenge every single day that has allowed me to maximize my highest potential. And I've tried my very best over the last 22 years. This is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I'm not going to make. I'm, I'm not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I've loved my NFL career. Now it's time to focus on my total energy of things that require my attention. I've done a lot of reflecting the past week and have asked myself difficult decisions. I'm so proud of what we have achieved. My teammates, coaches, fellow competitors, the fans deserve 100% of me. But right now, it's best to leave the field of play for the next generation of dedicated, committed athletes. Brady has been adamant for weeks that he never wanted a farewell season. Sources tell ESPN will now shift his focus to new endeavors. Uh, Buccaneers executives and coaches have been bracing for Brady's retirement in recent weeks, recognizing that it's more likely than not that he would hang it up after the season. Team sources tell ESPN, and there you go. Jason Lick, the GM, uh, a couple of days ago said, we haven't heard anything about this, but after seven Super Bowls, 22 seasons, five Super Bowl MVPs, three overall MVPs, he's going to be up for an MVP this year. The votes are already in, or else you would think perhaps they had the sentiment there, but that's what he's going to do. So that's pretty significant because – Wherever I go, it's easy. You know, I did sports for the longest time. Most people I know are sports fans. Most people I hang out with are sports fans. But when I talk to people that aren't involved in sports, if I told them Tom Brady, they know the greatest ever. Just like Muhammad Ali, when it comes to boxing, you don't go, oh, I don't really like boxing. I know Muhammad Ali. You know, you know Mike Tyson, but you know Muhammad Ali is the greatest. I don't think anyone even doubts that uh, Tom Brady's the greatest. I mean, after... I mean, think about the seven Super Bowls, but when he won it with the Bucks, it was like case closed. And this, you know, you could, it was conceivably thought if Godwin had stayed healthy, if Antonio Brown had not lost his mind, threw off his uniform, and ran out of the stadium, you would think that maybe he came back from 27 to 3 and at, uh, in the second half and almost beat the Rams. It wasn't for an incredible play uh, by Cooper Cup. And you could almost see him going back to the Super Bowl. Then for sure he was done. And then you think about it, if he was saying to himself, these, these players, I'm not going to be able to keep a lot of these superstars here. They're they're not going to stay into the salary cap, but they're going to retire like Gronkowski. You could see him saying, I'm not going to be part of a rebuilding team. I'm not going to be a part of an 8-8 eight and eight team. And by the way, he lost two, offensive health, two off, uh, healthy offensive linemen. So when you don't have a healthy offensive lineman, not only can't you do the same things, your health is at risk. I don't think he liked the constant testing that comes with the, the COVID-19. I also don't think the fact that he needed off-season surgery last year didn't help. And you think to yourself, we did good again. You know, last year was no fluke. This year you did really had a really good year. Top six teams in the league. You know, I think that's uh, pretty sufficient. Don't feel bad for Tom Brady. Now, I always thought that Peyton Manning and Derek Jeter, who lived and breathed every aspect of the game, would have the biggest problem giving it up. But neither did. Because they know when they're done, they're done. So I'm no longer going to project that Tom Brady's going to have trouble adjusting. He has his TB12 and everything else going. It'll probably take a year to be back on some level of television. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Keep in mind, I got that show on Saturday night. Uh, it's called One Nation, 8 p.m. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. 
Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show, one 408 7669 We'll be taking your calls in about 10 minutes. We do have Senator Marsha Blackburn, Tom Donano uh, here as well. We'll do a simulcast from Varney and Company. And the big news, uh, Tom Brady made it official, which was rumored on Saturday. Uh, denied a little bit later by members of his family. Said he was still thinking about it on Monday. On Tuesday, he made it official. Put it out on Instagram. Now all over social media. He is retired at the age of 44. Bucks need a quarterback. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. The threats of action if Russia's uh, security demands aren't met is provocative. Diplomacy is not provocative. Your actions will speak for themselves. Uh, U.S.-Russia clash at the U.N., a relentless diplomatic uh, sparring continue. All of Russia, all NATO, EU, it doesn't matter. If Russia still invades... Why I believe that Biden and the Democrats will not be trusted with the White House for generations. Number two. On Fox is Janine Pirro talking about soft on crime consequences. I mean, what what does that even mean, right? Um, so there's an alternate universe on some coverage. What's scary about it is a lot of people watch that. What's scary about it is, number one, how about triple all the other networks combined? And how about the number one issue in the country being crime? What is Jen Psaki talking about? Every cop, the fraternal order of police is offended by her giggling. Number one. There is a right to protest. There is a right to make your voices heard loudly and clearly. There is not a right to shut down our democracy, our democratic processes. There is not a right to abuse, intimidate, and harass your fellow citizens. I would think uh, he's 100% right. Justin Trudeau, hypocrites. From Gavin Newsom to Justin Trudeau to Boris Johnson, lockdown losers ruining the lives and livelihoods while living theirs the way they want. I declare this over from mass to mandates. What the Canadians are demanding and what the Brits have gotten, Denmark has achieved complete freedom. We deserve the same. March 1st, there'll be a huge trucker convoy to Washington, D.C. Maybe they'll finally get the message. Tom Donato joins us now, adjunct fellow at the Hudson Institute, staff member of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and Assistant Secretary of State of Arms Control uh, and Compliance from uh, uh, 18 to 21. Uh, Tom, welcome. Thanks, Brian. Great to be here. So, Tom, I've never seen such a lengthy diplomatic push from so many different angles. We have Macron meeting one-on-one with Vladimir Putin, uh, the Hungarian president meeting with Vladimir Putin, Lavrov meeting with Tony Blinken today, Biden doing a one-on-one two weeks ago with Vladimir Putin, and all he does is keep adding troops now to the Belarus border, which is basically undefended by the Ukrainians. Where's this heading? Yeah, Brian, uh, great, great questions. Um, uh, look, the, the problem is that the United States, the Biden administration, has already given away some key leverage to the Russians. Their behavior has been rewarded. Right out of the gate, uh, the administration renewed the New START Treaty, which is the Russian and the United States nuclear um, uh, uh, nuclear weapons treaty, nuclear arms control treaty to control our strategic nuclear stockpiles. Right out of the gate, they gave the Russians a clean extension. Uh, the Trump administration wanted to put conditions on that. We've had aggressive diplomacy with the Russians. We're making progress. We gave that away. We gave away Nord Stream 2. Um, so what we're seeing here is that the Russians' behavior is being rewarded by 
uh, the Biden administration's actions. Now we're starting to see some cracks in, in, in NATO and the, the French position, the German position about wanting to entertain certain elements of, of the Russian proposal, specifically to uh, look at arms control solutions in Europe. And that's exactly what Putin wants. So he's following a pattern of success. Uh, we need to change direction, uh, continue to help Ukrainians defend themselves um, and strengthen and support our NATO allies. But, of course, you know, Ukraine's not a NATO ally, but uh, I think we should continue to support and help them to defend themselves. The Russian ambassador to the United Nations was sparring with Linda Thomas-Greenfield. She had to actually defend America for a change. Here's what the Russian said. Cut 30. There is no threat of a planned invasion into Ukraine. The discussions about a threat of war is provocative in and of itself. You are almost calling for this. You want it to happen. You're waiting for it to happen, as if you want to make your words become a reality. Really? What do you take of that spin? Yeah, look, again, uh, I think the Russians know that if they continue to pressure, the United States will continue to give concessions. They've already signaled it. They've signaled it publicly. Um, Sergei Lavrov uh, signaled that there would be hopefully some progress on keeping um, additional NATO capabilities out of Eastern Europe, specifically long-range strike weapons that were prohibited in the INF. So the Russians are very cagey. They're very sophisticated. And their results are paying off diplomatically, uh, whether or not they pull the trigger uh, uh, and, and actually uh, in, invade the Ukraine. That's that's anyone's guess. But the diplomacy right now has favored the Russians and they're getting what they want. They are. I want you to hear our retort. Linda Thomas Greenfield, Cut 31. I can't say that I am uh, surprised by my Russian colleagues comments, but I am disappointed. The threats of action if Russia's. Uh, security demands aren't met is provocative. Diplomacy is not provocative. Your actions will speak for themselves. Is that a brushback pitch that you think will be effective? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, the, the posturing at the U.N. is important. Um, uh, I think they're starting to find their footing, hopefully with the rhetoric. But there's always a caveat in, in the administration's uh, uh, proposals, and we need to be clear-eyed that there will be no exchange. Uh, there'll be no change in NATO posture. There'll be no change in NATO policy, again, on bolstering, uh, on the old Fort Trump, right, uh, on the 2% uh, of NATO spending. When when President Trump called for 2% spending from NATO, people called him a bully. And now here we are, uh, and NATO's under threat from Russia. So uh, we need to continue uh, to implement the Trump deterrence policy. It was strong. It was respected. And the Russians respect strength, um, and we cannot continue to signal to them that there's, quote, room for diplomacy um, when we know what that means, that uh, the U.S. is ready to make concessions, whether it be on missile defenses or on long-range strike systems that would be based in Eastern Europe. Understood. Tom DiNano with us. So, Tom, these emails come to light in, uh, of February of 2020 where it looks as though there was a big push in the scientific community to say, hey, this this leak of this virus, we don't know what it is, but we really think there's an excellent chance of it being coming from a lab 
Next thing you know, they all get on the same page. Emergency call by Dr. Fauci and Francis Collins. That it's really important that they don't say that, that it came from the environment. And that has been the mantra since. Even Anthony Fauci days ago just said it most likely came from natural, something with animals to humans. Does this outrage you? I, uh, Brian, I can't even tell you how furious it makes me. When I worked for the government, I was trying to figure out uh, why we were being stonewalled, why we were being aggressively being disparaged inside the State Department, inside the interagency for looking at this mounting evidence. Now we know, now I know, and our team knows that there was an actual conspiracy by these scientists to spread misinformation, to send wrong information into the government. Uh, look, I don't know if it's illegal, but we know that those scientists that were on that email train ended up briefing the intelligence community and influencing their intelligence products. I mean, this is a huge, huge problem um, when the top coronavirus experts in the world tell analysts at uh, you know, any intelligence agency, I mean, yes, they'd probably believe them not knowing that they were not telling the whole truth, that, hey, we think it might have come from nature, but there's also signs in the, in the genome itself that indicate a potential lab uh, in human manipulation. They left that part out, and that omission was on purpose. And at least for me and for our team, right. now I see the full picture. Um, again, I don't know if that behavior was legal, but... Uh, uh, it should be. It, it, yeah, oh, I'm telling you, uh, it, it, it caused a, it, a tremendous amount of problem, uh, misled the entire United States intelligence agency, which you know leads to more questions um, on uh, analytic integrity, on, on guardrails, on who the intelligence community brings in to advise them. Were they U.S. citizens? Were they were they properly vetted, security vetted? None of these questions have been answered. You know why Christian Anderson was marching around the intelligence community. You know, sharing incomplete information. When now we know he knew that the virus had the hallmarks of potential genetic engineering. He didn't have to be positive, but what he needed to do is put proper caveat in there. He didn't do it, and uh, it caused a tremendous amount of problems inside the U.S. government. Uh, really, Tom, really bad. Tom Donato, an, an adjunct fellow with the Hudson Institute, is with us now on a staff member of the House Permanent Select Committee. So, Tom. Now, I wanted that's the scientists. They didn't tell the president, according to Mick Mulvaney. They had no idea about this. Of course, Senator Tom Cotton, uh, Governor DeSantis said, listen, uh, you got to shut down travel from China. We don't know what's happening, but we got to shut down travel from China. But we're doing this blind, and our own people are not telling us the truth. So then out comes people like me or others who want to say, bring up things like our Damas work. Where did this virus actually come from? Josh Rogan, who was on yesterday, writes for the Washington Post, CNN, brings it up. No, everyone's marginalizing what he's saying. Meanwhile, his sources are great in China. This is a big deal. The Wuhan lab is a problem. And that even today, when you bring up certain things, people go crazy. So Joe Rogan, I thought, as a elite, the, the number one podcaster in the country, um, a deep thinker, but never pretends to be an expert in this field, said this, cut 18, about his critics that don't want him speculating on things that evidently there aren't scientific. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Eight months ago, if you said 
if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID. You would be removed from social media. Now that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. Need I say more? We're not scientists. I don't pretend to be a scientist. Joe Rogan's a UFC guy, just a very broad-based show. And he is getting vilified by pointing out things that are now conventional wisdom they were considering considering irresponsible broadcaster. Now we know that the people doing a lot of the criticizing were in bed with social media experts like Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates in order to make sure their message was top-down what they want it to be, not what the truth was. Yeah, look, Brian, it it is really troubling. I mean – uh, you know, part of the problem with the origins discussion is that the same people that we know lied to us and we know misled the intelligence community and misled folks like myself and my bosses um, all the way up to President Trump uh, are the same people that are out there making public health recommendations. And you just you just can't have that once you lose faith. And I'm sure, you know, in your travels talking to people and I know when I'm out here talking to real Americans and that people are Stop listening. And part of the reason is because of this double standard and because of this clear uh, misleading, again, on the on on the lab origins, um, the the circumstantial evidence is overwhelming. Uh, The scientific evidence um, that has been out there, if it even gets published. Yep. um, We've we've seen so many. uh, It's uh, the inconsistencies. I agree with what what Rogan's saying is that. Uh, the ball continues to move. Um, and look, this caused real problems inside the government. And um, uh, 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 Francis Collins said it himself. He he played Secretary of State of President and President instead of immediately calling Mike Pompeo or Robert O'Brien or Vice President. He decided that international harmony in China uh, was most important and that he would perpetrate this lie. Um, he was nuts. not elected. Um, these other folks were appointed by the president. They were confirmed by the Senate to conduct foreign affairs. That was Mike Pompeo's decision, not Francis Collins. Go get him. Uh, Tom Donato, uh, it's, the frustration is real and the credibility diminishes every day. We No one believes these experts anymore, but they continue to hinder our lives and our livelihoods. It's got to stop. Um, yep. Thanks so much, Tom. Thank you, Brian. Hey, uh, bottom of the hour, Senator Marsha Blackburn will be with us, and then we'll be joined by uh, Stuart Varney. Uh, we'll do a simulcast. You'll listen to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base, it's The Brian Kilmeade Show. A radio show like no other. 
It's Brian Kilmeade. I've walked through this crowd for the last two days. I've spoke with multiple law enforcement agents, asked every one of them if there's been any trouble at all. There has not been any trouble. There's been a few, we're calling them radicals, I guess, dressed up like us, try to blend in with like us to try and make us look bad. Uh, my guys are all peaceful and, and we're doing our job here. We're, uh, we're doing what we need to do to get the job done for the Canadian people. Yeah, and that's why they showed up in the Freedom Rally. Thousands of trucks because they don't want to get vaccinated in many cases. They should not lose their job. There's a huge need for a year and a half before there was a vaccine. Excuse me, nine months before there was a vaccine. They were asked to work through it, necessary workers. Now Canada, the U.S., back and forth with these uh, vaccine mandates. It's it's impractical and it's unnecessary. They're in cabs by themselves. You could even make some ridiculous moves where keep a certain distance from the cargo when they're loading the truck. But basically, you have a solemn existence, and truckers, by nature, want to be left alone. That's kind of way they choose their jobs. And I think it's coming to Washington March 1st. Look out. It'll be a lot better weather. Uh, and they're still getting thousands, tens of thousands in Canada. Eric, who's on WNDB in Daytona Beach. Eric. Hey, Brian, that, that Tom Donato guy, he was a great guest. Uh, it's like the people that believe Jesse Smollett are telling us how to think now. Um, I just wanted to tip you off that it just happened yesterday in Florida legislature. They've gone there and they drank the Kool-Aid. They actually publicly stated that people uh, were passing, we want to pass voter law. And they're calling the Republicans racist. And they actually said it. People of color can't get ID. People of color can't get to the polls. That's the most racist thing I've heard in a long time. What do you think about that? I think it's a total joke. It's nothing to do with race. At this time, uh, with communications, with transportation the way it is, if you are in this country legally, you have a Social Security number. They're asking for people just to put the last four digits, their Social Security number, in. And there's free ways. to. If you can go to the post office, which has got to be near where you live, you can get an automatic ID there or a federal ID there. It is insulting for somebody to say, well, I know you. You're a simpleton. You cannot get an ID. We know it's too hard for you to do that. But most of the country, Eric's not even a mystery. Most of the country, to the tune of 84%, think voter ID should be necessary because they don't want their vote canceled out by some illegal. It makes total sense. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. If you look at Fox on a daily basis, I mean, do you remember the four boxes that you had that we had on all the TVs, right? Which mm-hmm. is on my TV right now. So right now, just to give you a sense, so CNN, Pentagon, as many as 8,500 U.S. troops on heightened alert. Okay, true. Same on MSNBC. CNBC is doing their own thing about the market. And then on Fox is Janine Pirro talking about soft on crime consequences. I mean, what, what does that even mean? Right. Um, so there's an alternate universe on some, uh, coverage. What's scary about it is a lot of people watch that. 
Uh, what's scary about it is people watch us because we're the best news channel around. It's not even close. You take the first, the next two, take three conservative networks, Newsmax, and they still don't equal our ratings because we cover everything. And the number one issue for the American people is crime. Number two is inflation. What is she talking about? Let's bring in uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, member of the Senate Judiciary and Armed Services Committee. Senator, I just wanted you to hear that because it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, she usually has the communications down, even if you disagree with her. But do you understand? Do other people feel that way, that we're off base covering crime? It is just unbelievable that they would think crime is not a topic of concern. You know, Brian, I like to say the security moms are out in full force, and they're concerned about security in their communities, in their schools, about education for their children, securing health care, jobs, securing the energy supply. And you want to say that people are not concerned about crime? What? alternate universe are you living in and who are you talking to if you're not hearing that people are not concerned about crime they're not concerned about gangs they're not concerned about drugs on the streets that are coming over the southern border right Uh, i want you so she she went on to try to explain herself by saying because you didn't vote for the rescue package that had money for more cops that makes you uh, susceptible to this criticism saying you don't care about crime. Here's a little of the exchange yesterday, Cut 24 with Jackie Heinrich. Were you speaking in your personal opinion, or is that at all um, a reflection of the priorities of this administration? Because the criticism is that um, it would reflect that crime is not a priority of this administration. Well, I encourage anyone to listen to the full context of the interview and the conversation. What I was speaking to was a Chiron on Fox News, since you raised it, which suggested this administration is soft on crime with no basis, given we have had many conversations and back and forth with you and your colleagues about the prioritization of the president to uh, ensure that we are working as close partners with leaders, whether it is Mayor Adams, who he's going to spend the day with on Thursday, or others in the country. And the facts speak for themselves. This is what I was talking about in the interview for the full context. Did the facts speak for themselves? Well, the facts are that this administration and many members of the Biden White House, the vice president and this administration, have been a part of the defund the police type movements that you've seen across the country. And now that crime has spiked and it is a top issue with women and with independents and with many Democrats, they're trying to rewrite history. But, Brian, they try to rewrite history every single day, whether it is our nation's founding, whether it is the Constitution, whether it is the rule of law. They want to rewrite it and make it in their liberal socialist image. The problem they've got is that the American people have figured them out, and they're no longer listening. So when you have comments like Jen Psaki is making, it makes them seem completely out of touch. I would think so. Uh, Right now, we're seeing a lot of diplomacy. Today, the Lavrov and Blinken are meeting. Macron's talking to Putin directly. Uh, The NATO officials, we're speaking to Russia through NATO. 
Uh, we speak to Zelensky. The U.K. Uh, prime minister is over in Ukraine right now. He wants to change the subject after his ridiculous party habits. But are you OK with all these different oars in the water or because I'm used to us taking the lead on this? We should be taking the lead on this. But here's what we have to realize. Joe Biden and this administration are quite content to be America the ordinary. They are not focused on America the extraordinary, the exceptional, the superpower. They seem to almost be embarrassed by that. And so now that things are running off the rails with Russia and Ukraine, with China and their aggression, with Iran and the way they are pushing their proxies, with North Korea out here testing missiles, all of a sudden they're going, oh my gosh, we've really got a, a, a hot potato that we're tossing around and we're having to juggle because it's not one, it's not two, it's three, it's four, it's six. We've got all of these issues that are coming up and people are paying attention and they're pushing back. Perhaps uh, when it comes to paying attention and pushing back, you know, we see what's happening. If you even go look at the game on Sunday with the Rams and 49ers, you see the mayor, the governor, uh, two mayors, governor, all not wearing masks. Uh, we're seeing uh, problems with uh, in New York, they sue. We take the mask off. The kids go to school with masks. They sue back. The kids got to put the mask back on. Florida doesn't have those issues. Tennessee doesn't have that many issues. In Virginia, executive orders being ignored at about half the state. 70% of the American people want to start living with this virus. What's it going to take for government to let us? It is going to take a change in November. Uh, bear in mind, the Democrats feel like they have to have a permanent pandemic. That is why you've got Dr. Fauci playing a world-class game of CYA and changing his mind. Mask work, mask don't work, double mask, N95 mask. I mean, they're all over the board. People no longer believe them. They're not looking to them for guidance. What they are doing is talking to their physician, having those conversations. Uh, I talk to people in Tennessee every single day who are saying, look, it doesn't matter if you get double vaxxed and boosted, you may still get it. I had somebody last weekend double, mac- double vaxxed and boosted and they got Omicron. And they know that we have to learn to live with this, and they're looking at what the White House and Dr. Fauci are saying, and they're saying, oh, no, you're wrong. We don't believe you. Senator, I'm somebody who believes that when it comes to what's happening in the Ukraine, it matters. I fully understand if the Russians are able to get Ukraine and take some of their natural resources in the same fashion in which China took Hong Kong and wants to take Taiwan, they're going to become a much more formidable, let alone what it will send to other smaller nations about Russia uh, reemerging as the Soviet Union. What do you say to people, especially on the right, to say this is not our fight, it's not our worry enough? What I say is an aggressive Putin matters. It matters to us on a lot of different fronts. We remember that Ronald Reagan won the Cold War without firing a shot. That was a good thing. 
we know that Putin has wanted to basically, as we say in Nashville, put the band back together. And he wants to reassemble the old Soviet Union. If he feels like Biden is going to be weak and rudderless, which Biden has, Biden has been, he is going to be more aggressive on the border. It matters because that affects our allies. It matters because it sends a message that Biden is weak. It matters to Russia moving into Cuba and Venezuela with troops, which threatens our hemisphere. It matters because it sends the message that Afghanistan was not a one-off, that cutting and running is going to be the way Biden works. And then you will see Putin, China, Iran, North Korea all continue their aggression. So it does matter what is going to happen there. Back in November, I sent Biden a letter and I said, look, now is the time to put in place sanctions on Putin, on Russia, on the oligarchs. Now is the time to begin sales of lethal assistance to the Ukrainian army and government. Now is the time to have a coordinated diplomatic message. We know from Putin's past that he has chosen to move forward during the Olympics. He did it in 08 with Georgia. He did it in 14 with Crimea. Uh, we have to be very watchful of what he is going to do with these Winter Olympics and how he is going to treat Ukraine. And for Biden not to be firm and say, you're not going mm -hmm. to do this, we're going to back Ukraine, is something that will cause a lot more problems down the road. Senator Marsha Blackburn, thanks so much. You have a full plate. Got it. You got it. Senator Marsha Blackburn joins us here from Tennessee. When we come back, we simulcast to the number one show in business television, Barney and Company, and the news. Tom Brady calling it quits at the age of 44, made it official a short time ago. We'll discuss it all. Now, the Brian Kilmeade Show joins Fox Business's Varney and Company with Stuart Varney, live on your radio and on Fox Business. Here's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Keep in mind, I'm going to do a quick hit with Stuart Varney. We'll share audiences on FBN. You'll listen to him. We'll listen to you. Uh, he'll listen to us. And then we'll be able to take your calls on the back end, one 408 7669 and uh, he'll come to us. He's in the middle of this, of course, the big news about Tom Brady just came across and confirmed. It was leaked out on Saturday. It was confirmed. Uh, here we are on Tuesday. And then the news about in New York, you might not be familiar with, but in New York, we certainly are. They uh, going through the courts and getting rid of these stupid masks uh, so the kids can go to school and make their own decisions. So let's listen in together. After 22 seasons, Brady's announced his retirement. You're a sports guy. I'm not. I want to know why so many people dislike Brady, who is clearly 
the best quarterback in history. I tell you, I don't really see him as disliked. I mean, Aaron Rodgers seems to be the guy disliked because he had the audacity not to get uh, vaccinated. But there was a time in which people really resented the New England Patriots. There was a story about the, the videotaping of practices in the Rams Super Bowl. We knew that. And the Jets, uh, uh, Eric Mangini, who was his former assistant, goes to the Jets and says, you're taping our games, our practices, our walkthroughs. It's got to stop. That was a big scandal, Deflategate. But I feel like that really washed away, especially last year when he goes to the Bucks and then he goes and does something that he's been doing for most of his 20 years with the Patriots. And that's when, and for the seventh time, his Super Bowl championship. And then this year, it looks as though he looked around and said, I think we've got to really going to lose a lot of talent to the cap. I've been doing this so long. I'm 44, 10 years past most quarterbacks. At 34, they're usually looking on the other side of things. He had an MVP season at 44. So he said, okay, I, you know, I'm going to call quits. Does he get the uh, $15 million? As I understood it, if he'd not resigned or retired by February the 4th, he gets the $15 million. Well, now he's retired or at least announced it. So does he not get the $15 million? As uh, I just like to confirm to you, as we always talk about in the halls, when we get our $15 million, a lot of it goes to taxes. Uh, but keep in mind, once you pay taxes, I will say this. He signed for 20 He got 5 And what they did is, for salary cap purposes, they postponed the payment until Friday. I don't think he actually loses it because I think it's for last season. So that's what I think the story is. If he comes back again, he gets even more than that, another $20 million. But I don't think money is really the object with him. No. I think no. he's got a kid that's 14, a daughter that's even younger, a son that's got about ready for a senior year in high school, I believe. And I think that he's got three or four businesses on the side, including TB12, which if you listen to the book on tape, which I did, it is really a whole way of living not to be a quarterback. And I think that's what he seems to want okay. to get into next. Okay. We always like to bring you issues that you're going to get fired up about. And I think we've got one now. Governor Hochul of New York has extended the statewide mask mandate to February the 10th. Frankly, I think that is utterly ridiculous. How about you? How about the fact that cloth masks don't work? How exactly. about the fact that uh, preschoolers, there are first graders here who have never yeah. seen their classmates' face? How about the fact... That being that we are two years into this, giving parents the choice. Does this woman want to get reelected? Does she understand there's this huge uproar for parents that want to say in their kids' education, many of which are big secret Democrats? So my town in particular said we're taking them off in a week. So I don't know what she's doing. She's working through the court system. They already had that invalidated. Yeah. We're, and we have a Nassau County executive. And for those people around the country, Nassau County is bigger than nine separate states. That's how <laughs> dense it is populated. By the way, taxed higher than anywhere else in the country. They are saying enough. So they're at war in the courts. February 10th, they're going to delay this until February 10th. It means you've got to do it for two more weeks. And it's just so unfair, Stuart. I just want to make sure that when the storm comes this weekend to the New York area, and one is coming to the New York area this weekend, I just want to make sure that you do the shoveling at your house and not your wife, because that futuristic shovel that you've got there, I don't believe you actually used it. I am told that it was your wife who did the shoveling. You're going to change that this weekend, aren't you? Stuart, what do you mean you're being told as if you have shovel sources? Don't act like you've got this big investigative team. I've seen the Varney and Company budget. You do not have the budget to fan out to Long Island to see if I'm shoveling. The problem is 
uh, I was using a shovel that has a little circle thing. This way I could go lefty and righty. I could go low and I can go high. I can adjust it. I think there's a jealousy involved with you that I have not seen up until this moment that I could actually shovel in a way that will be easy on my upper body. I'm I'm out of time. It's 10.55.33. I'm totally out of time. I've got to promo your One Nation show, 8 o'clock Saturday nights on Fox News. And this weekend, Sunshine, you better get your wife to uh, stay indoors. (laughs) All right. Sunshine. Do we have, is Scott Shelley with us? Let, put, put Scott back on again. Okay. Sunshine. Um, that's not Scott Shelley. That's Scott Shelley. Hey, thanks for being with us for the hour, Scott. We really appreciate it. Okay? Nice. A lot of fun. You. Thank you. Good thanks to say goodbye to me. Still I think we're, we're bleeding over into the real, uh, the yeah, real world. I think you missed the goodbye. Yeah, I missed it. I don't think he really said goodbye to me. It wasn't me that was rude. I think it was Stuart that was rude. It was implied. And, all right, so here's the deal on the shoveling. Dawn does it all the time. Yes, but it's not my fault. It does not snow on weekends. And what happens is when you do news, which some people say I've been doing since here, since 1997, they'll say, Brian, a big storm's coming, so we need you to stay in the city, and we need you to stay overnight because if the storm hits, we need you a block away because if you go home, which is 30 miles away and can't get back, it's on you. So what happens? I stay, and if it's really bad, I stay two days. And if I stay two days, that's two days of shoveling, for Dawn Kilmeade. It's not that I don't want to shovel. It's that I'm not there. But, to be but fair, this weekend, what happened? Well, you were home. And it snowed on the weekend. But there's no video of you shoveling, so that's why everyone's But I have home. a still. But, so you need video? Nobody trusts me? They don't. I have a still. I will post the still. In fact, Dawn took the picture. She goes, no one's going to believe you're doing this. She took the picture, and, and now no one don't. believes that she took the picture. No one believes it's me. No one believes my futuristic shovel. Did they put the shovel up during the piece? They, they did. They did. But okay. here's my question, though, not to throw your son under the bus, but where's Brian sometimes? I know he's working. Oh, no. But... Well, I mean, if he's there, but he's okay. usually working away. He was with the Jacksonville Jaguars for oh, okay. a year. So done, done. his defense. And then, you know, he's working much. But he's, there's nobody lazy in my house. Just so happens Dawn's the best at it. And if she's the best at it, why would I try to get ahead of her? I go, you keep up the good work. I wish I was that good. Not a good argument. Oh. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show, one 408 7669 We have a lot to cover. Peter Schweitzer waiting uh, on the sideline. And Dr. Gad Saad, uh, professor of marketing at Concordia University, evolutionary behavioral scientist and best-selling author of The Parasitic Mind, How Infections uh, Infectious Ideas Are Killing Common Sense. And we have lost all sense of common sense in America today. And we'll take your calls. Uh, Peter Schweitzer's best-selling book uh, is now out uh, it's called Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich uh, Helping China Win. Uh, and it's uh, kind of sad. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. The threats of action if Russia's uh, security demands aren't met is provocative. Diplomacy is not provocative. Your actions will speak for themselves. 
Yeah, I guess so. Linda Thomas-Greenfield, the U.N. ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. U.S. and Russia clash there in New York City. As relentless diplomatic sparring continue, all Russia is doing is escalating. If Russia still invades, why I believe Biden and the Dems will not be trusted with the White House for generations. Number two on Fox is Janine Pirro talking about soft on crime consequences. I mean, what what does that even mean? Right. Um, so there's an alternate universe on some coverage. What's scary about it is a lot of people watch that. Not laughing. The Fraternal Order of Police demands an apology as Saki's chuckling at the so-called soft on crime policies of Fox and the Biden administration. We are we are bringing you the facts Behind the laughter and see who really will be laughing now and in 2022. Number one. There is a right to protest. There is a right to make your voices heard loudly and clearly. There is not a right to shut down our democracy, our democratic processes. There is not a right to abuse, intimidate and harass your fellow citizens. Then there isn't much harassing going on. It's you that being harassed because you will not let your thumb or your foot off the neck of Canadian citizens and many American truck drivers. Hypocrites from Gavin Newsom to Justin Trudeau, you just heard, to Boris Johnson. Lockdown losers ruining lives and livelihoods while living theirs any way they want. I declare it all over from mass to mandates. What the Canadians are demanding and the Brits have gotten complete freedom. We deserve the same, don't you think? Uh, And I believe so. In case you do not know, Gavin Newsom, along with London Breed, mayor of San Francisco, and the governor of Los Angeles, where they were caught all without masks at a at the Rams San Francisco 49er game. I have no problem with it, but they have made rules and laws that they are enforcing on a regular basis saying you got to wear masks at these events. And they're relentless. And they hire their minions out there to say, pick up your, sir, pick up your mask, get that over your nose. Excuse me, ma'am. You get your child, put them in the mask because they're not allowed to go. Excuse me, you're walking through the halls, get that mask, please put it on. I don't see it over. I know you're sneezing, but as soon as you're done sneezing, put that mask back up. No, Governor Newsom, the man that uh, apologized when he costed the French laundry at a birthday party, right? The height of the pandemic is now sitting there with the oppressed Californians by his side in the pedestrian seats. We actually have to get up to get a snack, not get waited on in the boxes with the rich and famous and the athletic like Magic Johnson. Gavin Newsom tried to explain his maskless shot that was posted everywhere. Cut one. I was very judicious yesterday. Uh, very judicious, and you'll see in the photo that I did take um, where Magic was kind enough, generous enough to ask me for a photograph, and in my left hand's the mask, and I took a photo. The uh, rest of the time I wore it, uh, as we all should, uh, not when I had a glass of water or anything, and I uh, encourage everybody else to do so. And, uh, and that's it. I was trying to be gracious and took the mask off for a brief second, but uh, no, I encourage people to continue to wear them. Not true. Uh, they was caught on the fan cam. People zeroing in. You could see it all over the place. He's sitting there hanging out probably with a billionaire or a big-time agent without a mask on, hanging off his ear. I have no problem with it, but I got a problem that you are ruining everybody's life by these mandates. Think about this. You're a third grader or a three-year-old. You have to wear a mask. And if it drops down, your teacher might even tape it to your face. And they might say you're going to kill somebody if you continue to drop it. Excuse me, teacher. Why is it that the governor 
doesn't have to wear a mask. Do you have an answer to that? The answer is you don't have an answer because these hypocrites have to stop ruining our lives. The governor of that state, the mayor of that city, the mayor of San Francisco, which is why people are leaving this fantastic state of California. The taxes are too high, the traffic is bad, and the oppressive conditions are ridiculous. Remember, that is the state. Los Angeles is the city with this beautiful weather, and they make they don't even let you eat outside for months. Think about that for a second. But they didn't said that didn't get by uh, Steve Hilton. He was on with Shannon last night, cut two. Not only is Gavin Newsom yet again breaking his own rules, he's not actually delivering on any of the real things that people want dealt with. And specifically, in that stadium, there's a mask mandate, an indoor mask mandate. And the thing that's really driven people crazy here today, there's been such a lot of anger expressed over it, because still in California, we have masking compulsory, mask mandates for kids in schools. My kids have to go to school even outdoors, they're forced to wear a mask all day long. And yet here he is going along, breaking the rules, and then furthermore compounding it when he, when he was called out on it last night. Today, guess what he says? He says, oh, I, I only took my mask off. He literally says, for a brief second, to take a picture, because Magic Johnson wanted to take a picture with me, because he's so great. Gavin Newsom is so great. Magic Johnson was desperate for pictures. I took it off for a brief second. There's video and pictures been emerging all day long of Gavin Newsom throughout the game, mm-hmm. not having a mask. So he lied about it as well. Uh, And I understand Steve's anger. I don't have little kids. I am outraged. I have kids in college that were forced to get boosters. And I just want to quick expand it real quick. Uh, Boris Johnson, uh, he is now probably going to lose his job as prime minister because he's an idiot. During the height of the pandemic, when he's locking down the U.K., as bad as the Canadians were locked out and as bad as some states in America were, He had 16 parties, one of which he threw. He made this formal, invited all his friends 16 times while the Queen of England is forced to have a funeral where she sits by herself with her husband, Prince Philip, dead in front of her in a casket. She is uh, have her six feet apart. She is the one taking in all the COVID rules that he put into place while he has 16 parties. Justin Trudeau, he of double vaxxed and boosted, tested positive. And then you have this governor here. And, of course, we know that Joe Biden's been caught walking through restaurants, no mask, within 100,000 miles of him. And then we see him idiotically knowing a photographer is there walking on the beach with his dog alone, outdoors, obviously, with a mask on. So this has got to stop. Denmark released all regulations, all mandates. U.K. did the same thing. Canadians are being, uh, they've ringed Ottawa demanding the same thing. We should do the same. You listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. When we come back, the Titanic news, not that big of a surprise, that Tom Brady has retired at the age of 44. Ian O'Connor, who spent about three years writing the book Belichick, one of the outstanding writers in uh, at the New York Post and around the country, he's got a brand-new book out about Coach K. It's about to come out, I should say. He joins us now with some perspective on why Brady did not thank anyone of the Patriots, if there's anything to that, in his Instagram farewell. Don't move. Educating. Entertaining. Enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Do you have a timeline? I don't know. I know when the time's right. So, like I've always said, it's, you know, I'm very blessed to play as long as I had as things have gone on in the later parts of my career, whether that was five years ago or, you know, even this year, you know, there's a lot of interest in when I'm going to stop playing. And I understand that. I don't, it's not that I don't recognize that. It's just when I, when I know, I'll know. And when I don't know, I don't know. And I'm not going to, you know, race to some conclusion about that. And now he knows. Uh, Tom Brady is officially retired. Joining me now, Ian O'Connor, New York Post columnist, author of three straight New York Times bestsellers, including uh, he's got one upcoming uh, called Coach K. It comes out in two weeks, uh, actually February 22nd, Coach K, The Rise and Reign of, uh, of Mike Krzyzewski. But the last book was Belichick. And, man, he went inside that relationship big time. Ian O'Connor, welcome. I got to get your reaction to the news. You know, Brian, a little surprised, obviously not surprised given the conversation and reports of the last two weeks, but I had a conversation with Tom Brady in 2017 where we talked about him playing into his late 40s, maybe age 50. And so he put that in play and said his wife had signed off on 45 and maybe even beyond. So for him to stop at 44, it's not often where Tom Brady stopped short of a stated goal, which was 45 or beyond. But he's taken a, a physical beating over the years. What he does in the offseason to get his body ready for an NFL season is is pretty intense. And after 22 years of doing that day after day, week after week, month after month, it caught up to him. I would not be surprised, Brian, if after a year he reconsiders this. But for right now, the greatest p- football player of all time has decided to retire. From what I can tell, this is a long statement. Nothing about the Pats. Thank you to Bruce Arians. Uh, nothing about to Alex Guerrero is his trainer. Um, so he even brings up Don Yee and Steve Dublin. Thank you for with, with me every step of the way since I left the University of Michigan and to the league. Am I supposed to read into Do you read into that? Well, he didn't mention the Patriots at all. I think he did sneak Alex in there. But the Patriots in terms of Belichick, Kraft, the fans, uh, he, he probably felt like I did that when I left New England. But still – if this is the end of your career and you won six of your seven Super Bowls with that franchise, it, it, it's pretty hard to believe in, in a nine-page Instagram post that you wouldn't have mentioned Kraft, Belichick, and the fans at some point. And so the whole this, this whole thing has been odd. He does a radio show last night where he acts like he's still going through the process of deciding whether or not to retire, and then all of a sudden this morning he's he's retiring and. So uh, that's why I think it is possible he could come back at some point, uh, maybe after a year. But if this is the end of Tom Brady, not only is he the greatest quarterback ever, I certainly think you can make a very strong case he's the greatest football player ever because that position, the quarterback position, as you know, Brian, is 80% of the sport. So I think that uh, it's the enduring legacy of Brady is that he basically proved that almost anything is possible with a work ethic because he started out as Mich- at Michigan as the sixth or seventh string quarterback. He he was not that highly regarded. He was drafted 199th in 2000 overall. So for him to become what he became is a pretty incredible story. It is no doubt about it. What did it mean for him? He gets that Super Bowl last year. You know what I thought was kind of weird. He actually took that loss better than any most losses that he that he that he has when he lost last week to the Rams. Comes back from twenty seven three, ties it up at twenty seven, uh, and then of course the Rams go get the victory, beat the Niners, and go to the Super Bowl. But I watched him at the end. 
It's almost as if, on in a way, you thought, okay, that's it, and I won last year, and I'm ready to done. Did you notice that? They didn't seem as angry and distraught as we usually see him? I agree, uh, Brian, and I would say the same thing after his playoff loss, his last playoff loss in New England when Tennessee beat them. There was almost a, a resignation or a sense of relief that you could see on him in that moment and also in the moment you just talked about in Tampa when they lost to to the Rams. So, so yeah, obviously he had feelings. He knew he was leaving uh, Foxborough when he did, and, and clearly here he knew he was not going to play again for Tampa Bay. So I, I think your read of his body language was correct and, and really proven today with this with this official statement. And so we'll see how the rest of his life plays out if this really is the end of his entire football journey again i'm not i'm not completely convinced of that since he did talk about going to age 47 48 uh, with me and others in the past so it'll be interesting to see now if he can just be a businessman selling his tb12 products his wellness products and just making that the the centerpiece of the rest of his professional life i'm just not sure he's going to to do that uh, from here to eternity, we'll see how it plays out. So Jeff, uh, Seth Wickerstrom uh, expanded on the story that uh, broke on Saturday with Darlington. Uh, Jeff Darlington came out um, and said, you know, look, he's going to retire. And then he blew. He, he uh, actually added some color to it. He said that Arians does not run as buttoned up ship as Belichick. And he also has looked at the salary cap and saw how many roster changes they were coming down the pike and didn't necessarily think they could win again next year. What do you think? Does that play into it? That there was there was too much, even though it was a relief to get away from the Belichick regiment, there was a little bit too loose of a ship? I And I think Seth's right. I, I always thought that, Brian, he was going from one extreme to the other. You know, Bruce Arians' motto is, uh, win or lose, we booze. Uh, that's not quite the Belichick philosophy. <laughs> so, so I, I did. I was very uh, sort of surprised that he he picked a coach who was the complete opposite of Belichick. I thought he'd find a middle ground somewhere, but Arians is the kind of guy. Hey, let's get a beer after practice. Let's try to sneak in nine holes if we can of golf. And and so I think I think Tom Brady probably really enjoyed that in year one, and maybe in year two. That got to him a little bit, that it wasn't a little bit more like New England. And and maybe that playoff defeat, he saw some things in that game where, boy, if we were in New England, that wouldn't have happened. And so I, I would not be surprised if that was part of his decision to, to walk away. So we're talking with Ian O'Connor, wrote a book, Belichick. He writes uh, many bestsellers and other bestsellers coming out February 22nd, I'm sure, about Coach K. And you started writing that book before you knew Coach K was retiring this year, The Rise and Rain of Mike Krzyzewski, but Ian, I, I got to ask you this, what role, and this is conjecture, I understand, does the fact that Belichick didn't make the playoffs last year, got eliminated and crushed and humiliated by the Buffalo Bills this year, it kind of buried the, the, the storyline of who's more important, Brady or Belichick, as he wins a Super Bowl and then wins another, you know, and does well, uh, wins a, a playoff game and loses a heartbreaker in the second round. Well, it's uh, Brady's certainly now uh, the leader in the clubhouse. The problem is if he doesn't play football again, I think Belichick's going to coach another four or five years. If he happens to win one with Mac Jones, I'm not saying he's going to, but he's got a chance to do that in the next, say, four years. Then all of a sudden he pulls even at, at seven to seven. And, of course, Belichick also has the two rings as the defensive coordinator with the Giants. 
So uh, that's not quite the same thing as right. being the head coach. I understand that. But he, Belichick now has the benefit of time if Tom Brady does not come back and play for somebody else. Do you, uh, By the do way, you, have they spoken yet? Have they spoken since he left that you know of? Well, yeah, they spoke when uh, Brady played there in October in Foxborough. They spoke after that game. Belichick went into the locker room. They had a nice conversation to try to mend some fences, and I think they did, which is a good thing. They should. They, they accomplished more together than any head coach and quarterback in the history of the sport. So I, I do think their relationship got better. It was not good at the end, uh, but, it, but it was very odd that he didn't mention Belichick in this farewell. I, I don't really understand why that happened the way it did. And and uh, go ahead, Ian. I cut you off before you had a statement. Well, yeah, just about next year. If he if he comes back after a year off, Josh McDaniels is very close to Tom Brady, the former offensive coordinator of the Patriots. He's now the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. They have a quarterback in the final year of his contract. If Jim Harbaugh takes the Minnesota job, he's friends with Harbaugh, and they have a quarterback in the final year of his contract. So if people are looking for, well, if Tom Brady comes back in 2023 after a year off, those would be two spots, I think, to look at. <laughs> Ian, already, already trying to make some news in his retirement. Ian O'Connor, I'll have you on again for Coach K. Thanks so much. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate Looking forward it. to it. You can pre-order that book right now. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Canadian media, which are largely controlled by the government, support these policies and Trudeau uncritically. In Nova Scotia, protests against Justin Trudeau's vaccine mandates are now banned by law. Rarely has a nation changed this quickly or more unequivocally for the worse. And last week, thousands of Canadian truckers reached their limit. A convoy of truckers converged on the capital city, Ottawa, to demand peacefully, cheerfully, but persistently an end to Justin Trudeau's tyranny. Justin Trudeau's response to this display of democracy, he fled the city. Trudeau evacuated his official residence and hid in an undisclosed location. He is still cowering there tonight. Will he come back? Has he abdicated? Will Canada be ruled by a junta of truckers? Wow, uh, that is a little of uh, Tucker Carlson's take on what's happening in Canada and Ottawa. It's unbelievable. Thousands of truckers have shown up and then thousands of Canadians have shown up demanding and then all the mandates and all the restrictions, the masks in schools and what they're doing to the kids, much like what you're experiencing here in America, much like the UK frustrated until their scandal ridden prime minister realizes he's got to lift everything, much how Denmark felt until they decide to lift everything. How soon do they do that here and the idiocy of what's happening Dr. Gad Saad, uh, Saad joins us now, professor of marketing Concordia, evolutionary behavioral scientist, his specialty, best-selling author of The Parasitic Mind. He also has, uh, you can see him on YouTube. You can also see, get his podcast, Dr. Saad. Uh, Gad, welcome back. Oh, so good to be with you, Brian. Thank you for having so me. What is your take on what's happening in Canada? Uh, it's insane. I mean, uh, today was the first day. I was just speaking to your producer offline. I went to work this morning at a cafe. It's the first time that I've been able to go and work from outside my house for the past uh, month. Uh, until recently, they just lifted it. All the cafes were closed. All the restaurants were closed. All the gyms were closed. You couldn't walk your dog at night. There was a curfew until they reversed that policy. So it's insane. We really are living in a Kafkaesque slash Orwellian world. It's grotesque. But why would you guys tolerate that? Uh, 
Uh, well, I mean, I guess most people are uh, pathologically apathetic. Many people are cowardly, so they'll complain privately. But when it comes to them putting their necks on the line, they don't. I mean, that's the problem that I see in academia for the past two decades, right, Brian? I mean, I received yeah. thousands of emails from professors saying, thank you so much, Dr. Saad, you keep me sane. But please, if you're going to read my email on your show, please don't mention my name. So if I can't get you to be courageous enough to simply publicly stand with me, how can I get you to topple these governmental mandates? It's almost an impossible feat. So these truckers have shown up. What's the result been as they ringed Ottawa? It's more than truckers now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just yesterday, Brian, I had uh, one of the spokespersons of the uh, Freedom uh, Convoy. His name is B.J. Dichter, whom I've known for many years, who happens to be Jewish. Now, why am I saying this? Because uh, Trudeau and the mainstream media is basically feather and tarring everyone who's participating in this convoy, you know, as being Nazis and extremists and science deniers and they're white supremacists. The reality is that there are liberals there, conservatives, black, white, gay, straight. It really defies any demographic pigeonholing. But, of course, the government relies on the fact that most people are cognitively lazy. So if they tell you that these are just a bunch of trucker extremists, you'll nod your head and quietly believe it. So I want you to hear this guy, Rick Wall. He he plays to what you're saying. He's a trucking company owner, and he's he's describing what's it like on the ground in Ottawa. Cut six. Our federal government and our prime minister is is completely out of touch at this point. I mean, he, he does not have the best interests in mind, uh, not of the general public. They might be a small minority that may still support what he's doing, but the general, the, the general mass of, of Canadians, uh, they're just completely done with this narrative. We're just tired of it. We just want our lives back. And most importantly, we just want, we just want to be able to have the right to provide for our families. And uh, that's being uh, ripped away from us, and we're, we're not going to stand for it anymore. I mean, do you, that's a sentiment that I think that I'm seeing in the sound bites that I'm seeing for coming from Ottawa. Obviously, I'm in New York, but I really believe that March 1st, that they're going to hit Washington, D.C. with the same thing. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, when people speak up, you know, in unison, the silent majority can't take this anymore. This is we're entering year three. I mean, if I just tell you about some of the mandates at my own university, Love right, department, the departmental meetings are still being held via Zoom, but we are now forced to go back to, uh, you know, in-person teaching. Now, I'm more than happy to go back to in-person teaching, but why are the departmental meetings still via Zoom? The virus doesn't spread when we are uh, 20 professors in the room, but it spreads when I have to face 100 students Amazing. in another room. So, so the amount of ad hoc, and I don't think all of these mandates are due to, you know, uh, a priori uh, diabolical intent. It's just a, a measure of the ineptitude of these governmental agencies, and we just quietly sit there and take it. It's unbelievable. And right now, he says he tested positive for the virus. He was swept away for his own safety. I mean, I can't even look at this guy. I don't even know him. But his policies make me sick. His self-righteousness, politically correctness makes me ill. Here he is. Talking about the difference between the right protest and the wrong protest. Cut 14. There is a right to protest. There is a right to make your voices heard loudly and clearly. There is not a right to shut down our democracy, or our democratic processes. There is not a right to abuse, intimidate and harass your fellow citizens. And that's not happening. There might, he says there's some like insidious people that have infiltrated inside. But for the most part, these people are peaceful. Right. 
You know, I used to, uh, one of my quotes about Trudeau has, has become now a viral meme. Let me just kind of try to summarize it, paraphrase it. I basically argued a few years ago that if you took all of the undergraduate students that I have taught in my now nearly 28 years as a professor, and you rank them according to intelligence, the dumbest student that I've ever taught is about 100 to 1,000 times smarter than Justin Trudeau. Now, I used to say that you know m- many of his positions were due to imbecility uh, or his ineptitude, whereas now I truly think that he is a diabolical creature. He's been parasitized by all sorts of idea pathogens that are you know, truly detrimental to individual dignity, to freedom. And uh, what amazes me is that not only did we elect him once, not twice, but three times. At what point do you start thinking Canada is a lost cause when it never autocorrects from its past bad decisions? It's unbelievable. So people should know, I'm talking to Dr. Gad Saad. He's calling us from uh, Canada. We called him, I should say. Just for your background, you used to live in Beirut till 1975. Uh, in terms of the Olympics, your brother competed in the Olympics, so I got to get you on that. Uh, I also want to get you on uh, what it means to, uh, I guess, the Holocaust, because it means what I thought we all agreed on. It was an an attempt to annihilate the Jews, but not according to Whoopi Goldberg. Cut 39. Let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's not about race. It's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. Is that what uh, the Holocaust was? Oh, she is. She is just unbelievable, this woman. I mean, really, uh, if when Jussie Smollett experiences a full hoax of a crime, of a hate crime, then everybody starts crying and, you know, sending their empathetic messages to him. But the wholesale eradication of a people on an industrial scale level, you know, that was just against humanity. It had nothing to do with racism. She's unbelievable. You know, in in science, there's the concept of epistemic humility, right? So, for example, I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. Regrettably, the people on The View know about everything, right? They have no epistemic humility, so they can spew all kinds of nonsense. And then once in a while, they will, you know, claw it back and apologize. She's grotesque. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And she tried to apologize. Tell me if you're buying this. Cut 40. I feel being black when we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. Mm-hmm. So I said that I, I felt that the Holocaust wasn't about race. People were very angry, and they said, no, no, we are a race. And I, I, I understand. I understand. I, I felt differently. So do you, do you, do you, do the Jewish community accept that apology? Uh, listen, one has to be uh, gracious and accept when someone does something wrong. So fine, yes, I accept it. I mean, it's not as though she's committed a capital crime. Let's be gracious about it. But you, earlier you mentioned about my history in Lebanon and my brothers uh, being an Olympian. We left Lebanon uh, because we are Lebanese Jews who were going, you know, we were going to be executed in any moment. My brother had to leave Lebanon prior to the war because he was visited by some uh, Lebanese folks who said that it was time for him to retire because it wasn't really looking good for the optics for a Jew to continuously win the Lebanese championship. So he moved to France to pursue his career, and yet he was gracious enough to represent Lebanon in the 1976 Olympics when he had left Lebanon. So I don't need to hear about uh, Whoopi Goldsberg whining about American racism 
when someone like me growing up as a child didn't know whether I was going to live from second to second. But that's the problem with the West right now. Everything is judged according to an orgiastic competition of who's the greatest victim. Well, I was a true victim. Whoopi Goldberg wasn't. Get over it. Be grateful for what you have and stop whining. Understood. Very good point. So I got to bring you to then we have a debate in this country now. Should we really care about the Ukraine? Uh, should we be focusing there instead of on China? Uh, what is your take? I mean, in the in the ranking of global threats and, you know, where we should, you know, I, I don't worry about my cholesterol level if my uh, hair is on fire. And so to use that analogy, China is currently my hair on fire. So we should be a lot more worried about what China is up to than whether we should intervene in Ukraine. Now, if we are going to intervene in the Ukraine, then at least be consistent and worry about your own borders. But apparently the United States and Biden care a lot more about the uh, territorial integrity of the Ukraine than they do about that of the U.S. That doesn't sound consistent to me. I do worry about the reconstitution of the Soviet Union. And the fact is they absorb the Ukraine and get those ports and get the natural resources. They turn around and try for the Baltic states. We might have another formidable foe as opposed to the oil and gas-driven economy of Vladimir Putin. Don't you agree? I do agree. Uh, So there's no question that those are serious concerns. But again, in sort of the hierarchy of who is our greatest foe now, I think that uh, uh, Russia, even if it were to reconstitute itself among, you know, greater Soviet Union, would be minuscule compared to the threat that China currently uh, is meting on the world. Gad, two more topics. Number one is China. We're going over there. We know the, the, the millions of Muslims, the kids that have been separated from their families, uh, genocide is actually taking place there. We know what they did to Hong Kong, what they're threatening to do to Taiwan, what they did to the world, essentially poison us all or try to. Should we be competing in the Olympics? I think it's a dreadful idea. I, look, the, the penalties for what, what China has unleashed on the world should be much greater than a symbolic penalty. But at the very least, we have the ability to say, you know what? There are consequences to your actions. Now, I'm not implying that whatever happened in China was willfully duplicitous, but even if it was accidental, there weren't the right measures there set up for all the type of viral research they were doing. So the least that we should be doing is boycotting the Olympics, from my view. Uh, And lastly, uh, Joe Rogan yesterday uh, came out and explained himself, or was it Sunday when he released it, came out and explained himself and some of uh, the misinformation he's been claimed to have been relaying. All he's doing, in my view, is asking questions, and they say he's spreading misinformation irresponsibly. He's got very, he's got some people who are extremely high credentialed coming in, with still, one of which has six patents, as it has to do with mRNA, Dr. Malone. Here's what he said in a very, I think, humble address yesterday. Here's a portion of a Cut 17. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely, I get things wrong. But I try to correct them whenever I get something wrong. I'm not trying to promote misinformation. I'm not trying to be controversial. I've I've never tried to do anything with this podcast other than just talk to people and have interesting conversations. And that's the approach I got. You've been on there before. Do you have a different take? No, I'm fully in agreement. Look, I've I've been on Joe's show many times. I just released a few days ago a clip uh, which I titled Joe Rogan versus Neil Young and uh, 
Tom Cruise. And the reason why I included Tom Cruise in the mix is because remember that Tom Cruise is the guy who used to say, well, look, Scientology has the cure for psychiatric ailments, right? Uh, you don't, there is no such thing as psychiatric disorder. You simply have to, you know, take vitamins and exercise and you'll, you won't have any psych- psychiatric uh, ailments. Well, we didn't cancel him. We didn't say he's not allowed to speak. In a free society, you have to allow people to uh, state falsehoods, to be racist. Look, I'm Jewish, Brian, and, and who, who escaped execution in Lebanon. I support the right of Holocaust deniers to spew their nonsense. So uh, in a free society, the way we adjudicate between competing ideas is by letting them all compete in the battlefield and then may the best idea win. So it's terrible that we are seeing now the penchant where we feather and tar anyone with whom we disagree as being a promulgator of misinformation. It is grotesque, and it will only lead to downstream very nefarious effects. Dr. Gadsad, thanks so much. If people want to find your podcast, where do they go? Uh, well, uh, it's The Sad Truth with Dr. Sad. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere. Or on my YouTube channel, it's The Sad Truth. You can find me. Please subscribe and support the channel. And if you have some time, please free Canada. <laughs> I'll do my best. Thank you. Back in a moment. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Just don't forget, I know it's uh, early in the week, but don't forget Big Saturday Show at 8 o'clock and Fox and Friends uh, tomorrow, 6 to 9, and always be back here every single day because we cover the breaking news, including the big news uh, today, and that is uh, the big news today, and that is that Tom Brady officially retired at the age of 44. But you had you heard of Ian O'Connor, New York Post columnist, uh, very successful, five, I think five-time New York Times bestselling author. The last three books were on the New York Times list. He came out and he says, listen, I did a book on Belichick. I've talked to uh, Brady many times. We thought he was playing until he was 50. So he could retire for a year and then come back. I don't actually see that. It's not like it's boxing where they do that all the time. Uh, the other big story, uh, and I keep, I'm keeping an eye on this. We're supposed to have Peter Schweitzer this hour. We'll probably have him later in the week. But the New York Times is suing the State Department. Guess why? Over the FOIA request of Hunter Biden's emails, this one in particular to Romania, we heard he had deals in Romania. We know he had deals in the Ukraine. We know he had deals with the Moscow mayor's wife. We know he had about four separate deals in China. We don't know the details of those deals, but now it looks like the New York Times cares. So now that he's safely elected in a year in office, they're starting to look at what his family's actually up to. And remember, Tony Bobulinski came out and the New York Times wouldn't even acknowledge it. He came out and said Joe Biden was getting a percentage of these international business deal. And he was listed down there as the big guy. So that, to me, I find uh, I find fascinating that the New York Times is suddenly interested. We know they could do the job and they certainly have the resources if indeed they decide. But most of all. What I want you to take from today is the outward hypocrisy of everyone putting these oppressive rules on us. We have Justin Trudeau telling us to get double vax, telling Canadians to get double vax and boosted. He's pretending, I believe, that he actually has the COVID-19 virus because he's scared to death because his people are beginning to rise up against him in his oppressive ways. Then Boris Johnson cracks down on his 
on his country massively over the course of the last two years suddenly decides to lift all restrictions up and has everything to do with the fact that it was discovered and an investigation revealed that he had 16 parties while everybody else was locked down. Very similar to Gavin Newsom, caught again without a mask on, demanding your three-year-old and your sixth grader do the same thing, along with the mayor of San Francisco, mask off, and Mayor Garcetti of Los Angeles. These are the people in control of our lives. This has got to end. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.